Hi, it's Michael Benner with a brief but special announcement at the beginning of what promises to be a very special netcast to you here. The show that follows is a little longer than Intervision. It's about an hour and 15 minutes. It's Roy of Hollywood on KPFK interviewing me, a kind of a farewell after my 14 years of volunteering to program Intervision Friday afternoons at 1 o'clock on KPFK. Now, in addition to providing you with this special podcast, I also want to tell you that there's good news. Even though we're leaving KPFK and Intervision on Friday, I will be doing a podcast with my friend and partner for more than 30 years in the personal development field, Steve Snyder, a program called Finding Yourself in Paradise, a place of focused passion. This webcast, or netcast, sometimes called a podcast, will be delivered directly to your computer, whether you then mirror it to a portable player like an iPod or not. You can always listen on your computer. It will also include something we've never been able to do in radio, and that's a visualization or meditation exercise that you can collect and save and even share with your friends, all for 99 cents a week. Delivered right to your computer for 99 cents a week. Visit FocusedPassion.com to enroll. And also go to my website, TheAgelessWisdom.com. And on the very first splash page, you'll see a link right under the button that says Homepage, Michael's Newsletter. Click on that, and without any obligation or cost, give us your email so we can keep track of you. That's all we want. We don't need your name, your address, your telephone number, just your email. And that'll auto-generate an email of confirmation back to you. Click on the link and you're done. That way I can, without spamming anybody, let you know what we're up to and how we're doing with no obligation or cost. But if you already know, you want a sample, finding yourself in paradise with the meditation that's included. Just go to FocusedPassion.com right now and subscribe. Use your credit card or PayPal, and we'll see you in paradise. Now, stay tuned for that show with Roy, and thanks, as always, for subscribing to this free podcast of the KPFK program and your continuing interest in mysticism, metaphysics, and your potential to be the person that you were meant to be. Good morning, good evening, and good day. This is your host, producer, and engineer, Roy of Hollywood, welcoming you to Something's Happening again. Uh, yeah, again. Again to Something's Happening, and we'll be here till 5.30 with Dynamite Radio for Night People. Had a couple of last-second adjustments to make. And uh, tonight is Monday night, and and actually Monday night is is a traditionally an open night, although we don't open it up very often. But tonight we are going to open it up and uh, spend. Um, we are going to uh, let Leonardo take the week off. Leonardo will be back next week, and uh, tonight we're going to have a, a live in studio interview with a friend of mine, Michael Benner, who's who's leaving town, 
and he and I have been on each other's radio shows on and off, I'm on and off, but um, for the last, I don't know, a couple of decades. So I thought we'd have a a farewell uh, interview and 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 have a long, boring conversation about the olden times. Hi, Michael Benner. Hello, Roy Tuckman. <laughs> uh, Michael does a show on KPFK, by the way, uh, Fridays at 1 p.m. Yes, sir. And uh, he's done shows. You've been on the radio for longer than I have. Well, uh, commercial radio since 1968, back in the Midwest, in Los Angeles. I've been here since 1975, and yeah, pretty much always on the radio. Here at KPFK, uh, as a volunteer for 14 years. Has it been that long? Yes, sir. Wow. 1993, as near as I can figure, I have a coffee mug. Uh huh. With the mission statement or a little bit of it on the back, and then it says that's the mission of the fathers, uh, Franciscan fathers, no, no, and they no, the, the made the Lou, missions Lou up Hill, and down the Father Hill. Oh, so, that yes. mission. Oh, okay, the more recent mission. <laughs> yes, indeed. Because <laughs> I was on your program on on KABC and on K, right. on KLOS. That's right. And also KPFK. Back in the day, our listeners yeah. brought us together. That's what. Happened. That's right. They demanded. Roy's listeners. Um, I used to do open phones every week. I, I guess uh, there wasn't much else going on, you know, uh, in town at the time. And so we had, I think, a lot of listeners, probably still do, a lot of listeners in common. And so they brought you to my attention. You were on s- Saturday and Sunday nights, was it? Well, probably uh, the most consistent was the Sunday night show, uh, midnight to whatever. Although, yeah, there were times I did a Sunday morning show, and then there was a, for a while I was doing Saturday uh, morning and Sunday morning with sort of a rock and roll mixed with a little bit of news, mixed with a few phone calls, back to rock and roll, but... You were basically a news person. You were... Yeah. You were a news, a newsy person. Yeah, a journalist. Public affairs, a journal, right, a radio journalist. Yeah, and that led into doing talk shows and commentary. It got you in trouble, too. Oh, many times. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I've been fired by the best of them. I was fired by ABC as uh, I was a, a news director, actually, as a young man. Of an ABC-owned and operated station in Detroit, WXYZ-FM, at, at the time, uh, 69, 70, 71, it was... Oh, the old Wixias. <laughs> yeah, Wixia-FM. <laughs> and they became Riff Raff Radio, WRIF. Very progressive, sort of a ABC's version of underground radio, you know. And uh sounded really good on the radio, and there's a lot of cool people there. But they fired me. The AM news director fired me, the FM news director, for refusing to use the word enemy in my newscasts about the Vietnam War. And our position was, well, these folks never did anything to us, you know. So we would use the proper terms like the People's Revolutionary Government, the PRG, the National Liberation Front, the NLF, as if we were like, you know, objective news broadcasters. Like, I've always tried to emulate the BBC, you know. Aha. Uh-huh. 
really the old BBC. Yeah, really high world radio, the World Service. I used to listen mm-hmm. on the short wave when I was a kid. So uh, they we actually sued the union after sued, and we won a suit, got a letter, and a small check, and. That was the end of that. 30 cents, right? <laughs> yeah, when you work yeah. in commercial radio, they kick you door in and uh, pretty much dictate what you're going to say to a larger, much larger degree than most people, I think, would imagine. Radio is a cruel mistress, actually. People sort of disappear. And <laughs> that's commercial and non-commercial. People just sort of It's like the circus, I think. Disappear. The carnival, commercial radio, anyway. I mean, look at KPFK. It looks uh, inordinately stable compared to commercial radio, especially what's happened to commercial radio now. My God, it's just unbelievable what they've done, the wasteland they've created, and and music as well. (laughs) We've always said these big corporations were going to screw up radio and screw up the music, and they really have. Uh, Yeah, I don't – actually, I don't – really listen to music on the radio anymore. No, there's nothing to listen yeah. to. That's the point. That's a shame. But somebody must be listening. No? I don't know what the figures are. I People heard, leaving radio? I'm under to... the impression that uh, radio listening in general is off about 20% in the last 10 years or so. And they blame They say, well, there's more video games and internet and all of that. And I say, well, how about the fact that a handful of corporations bought up all of the radio stations and then provided a very narrow range of programming, the same programming to all those radio stations, eliminate all uh, uh, so many jobs, thousands of jobs. Ninety percent of all radio news jobs were eliminated in the 80s. Well, that, that's when I left commercial When the radio. Fairness Doctrine... Yeah. Was dropped. It used to be a doctrine if you yeah. ha- you had to have a balanced, um, balanced presentation of uh, both sides or several sides of a question or yeah. the pretense of such. And of course, Clinton uh, put the the finishing the the coup d'état in with the uh, allowing one person to control a jillion radio stations instead of two. <laughs> Yeah, for when I was coming up in the business, it was like you could own a total of seven AM, seven FM, and five TV in the whole nation, and you could not have a newspaper and a radio station in the in same, the same town. Yeah, now like five companies own it all. I remember it was it used to be an emergency situation because it was down to I guess fifty companies that owned it all. <laughs> it's only fifty companies making all their decisions and now it's five. Well, you know, there's it, it is a problem in that regard. There's that famous story out of uh, I think it was Bismarck, North Dakota. Oh, yeah. they, do you know the story? Vaguely. Or the, the earthquake, uh, or the flood, or the fire. Or I think a train derailed. And there was a hazmat spill, and the local law said... Toxic fumes. Yeah, so we got to evacuate to call the radio stations. Well, in the whole area, there were only six radio stations, and they were all owned by Clear Channel. And there was there were no human beings in at any of these radio stations. They were running syndicated programming from some central location, so... 
Uh, there you go. So much for community radio. So there was no nobody could make an announcement about the right. local emergency going on. Right. During Katrina, there was one micro radio yeah. station. Yeah. That did heroic. That's right. Efforts. That's right. And did broadcast local emergency news and information. I'm a big yeah. supporter of low power FM, and uh, even pirate radio. Uh, I wish more people knew about shortwave radio. And, um, you know, I've just always been interested in radio. To me, it's so magical. It continues to be magical. Yeah. Sitting here with you tonight, well, listening to your theme and watching you prepare to, to begin your show, it's as magical as ever. I've been in it my whole life, and it's just voices through the ethers, through the air, and and real people beating hearts. I used to lay in bed at night. I, I was a little kid, and I t- lived in the Midwest, and I tuned the AM radio slowly from one end of the dial oh, yeah. to the other. Oh, yeah, find little, tre- little treasures hanging out oh, in the man. weird edges of... Uh, yeah. I remember doing that so many times, and some magical voices coming in yeah. from strange places. Um, but you, you sort of branched out. Um, you were a news guy, and then you sort of grew beyond, outside of your interests, became more all-encompassing. Can you describe what caused that, created that process, or was it always an ongoing process? Well, I was always interested in uh, doing talk shows as well as news and doing commentary and such. And But I, I guess what you're referring to, excuse me a second, I, I have no cough button, Roy. I feel like okay, hold on. But I like that a little slack key guitar. Oh, you it? know what that is. Yeah. It's it's very beautiful music. I oh think. yeah, yeah. It's a drop down D. Is that all it is? Yeah. Well, D A D G A D usually. Uh-huh. Yeah, slack key. I don't play it very well, but I know what it is. So I think what you're probably referring to, Roy, is the expansion of my interest from news and current events to philosophy. Philosophy, metaphysics, right? Yeah. And that was just my own personal expanded search for truth. I I was a little naive as a college kid. I thought, well, I'll just do the news, and then I'll get inside, and and then I'll I'll be the one that says what's really going on, right? Pretty soon, you find yourself in this uh, this treadmill existence of writing uh, news, ripping and reading wire copy, and uh, doing a few rewrites uh, whenever you could. Oh, that's great, thanks. And um, I, <laughs> I just felt that at some point I um, found the one big news story that sort of made all the other current events type government and politics news stories uh, pretty much irrelevant. And that was uh, a... Uh, identity crisis, really, of a magnitude that I had never imagined before. I I came to understand that humanity um, is made up of very few people that have insight into who they are or what they're for, and that the majority of our brothers and sisters on this earth planet don't seem interested 
in who they really are. And therein is their misery, which they then blame on other people. And it just, whatever the problem, it just kept coming down to fear and ignorance on a personal level. Fear and ignorance on a personal level. Everything else was a projection of that. So that's where I put my attention and also... In leaving commercial radio then in the late 1980s, that's when I began to work one-on-one and doing public seminars and personal and spiritual development. And you became a hypnotherapist. Yeah. Is that part of it? I, rather than say I am a hypnotherapist or was or have been, I say, well, that's one of my bag of tricks or... <laughs> You know, hypnotherapy is just the law of attraction, basically um, visualizing goals and solutions and desired outcomes. Uh, really should be called hypnoeducation. But really, to me, it's a technique. It's one of a number of techniques that I use, visualization or so-called guided imagery techniques and breathing techniques and other ways, a suggestion and affirmation and getting people in to states of expanded awareness to better realize who they truly are and what they're really for. We've got fingerprint evidence and DNA proof of our uniqueness, and almost nobody is interested. And that, to me, is a big story. That's the big story. It's the only story. But nobody's interested in uniqueness? In their own uniqueness. We're so codependent. We're such people pleasers. And sure is hard to criticize people for wanting to please other people. But nevertheless, we are so interested in trying to earn what we need from other people through a performance, trying to please these other people and make them happy that uh, to be liked by them is to want to be like them. And so there's always been this drive toward conformity. Even though some part of us wants to be an individual, we we want to rebel, we want to break out. But I think that's the good drive, the the positive growth aspect. But the fear part of our psychology wants us to conform, to be like other people, so we can be liked by other people. And it's scary, secondly, (laughs) for many people to consider self-realization. What if they find out their their abusive mother and father were right, and they really are (laughs) inadequate and and foolish? And uh, then I think, thirdly, there's a resistance to all of this, Roy, that comes from people being afraid they'll be perceived as selfish if they put themselves first. Um, Cy Safransky in his magazine, The Sun, puts a lot of quotations, and I read in there a few years ago, and I just love it, a quotation that supposedly hangs in a bakery in Big Sur, California. And it says, Chew your food well. If you don't, who will? (laughs) And I guess that's the way I feel about life. I mean, in many ways, uh, in terms of government and, 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 and what I would like to see, I'd like to see much more socialism, much more collectivism, more communism, if you even want to 
talk about it in a... Well, you're saying a, all the dirty words. I know, and... I know, in a utopian sense. But at the same time, I'm the first to celebrate individual spirit and personal responsibility and what we can do for ourselves. And I don't see those concepts as being at odds with each other at all, but uh, part of... Uh, uh, having it all, really, and, and creating a kind of a weave or a tapestry out of things that uh, most people see as either or, as opposites, as you either believe in free enterprise or you're a commie. You can't, why, why, why can't you're I be both? You're either with us or against us. Yeah, why can't we? It's amazing times we're in. Yes, extremely amazing. Who would have guessed? <laughs> Who would have predicted? Um, Not me. I was stunned when Ronald Reagan was elected. I thought, oh, my Lord. I I wasn't sure we were going to get through uh, that eight-year period at all. But then to have to deal with W, this is just, it's odd. I'm having a problem speaking here tonight, I'm sure, if I... Sip a little more water, my throat will clear up. But okay. Maybe it's Bush that's stuck in my craw here. <laughs> this guy is so irritating. I, I like to think of myself as a spiritual person, inner vision, here on KPFK. So you course. have to send love vibrations yeah, to Bush? Yeah, all of that stuff, yeah. Cheney, but I understand that the anger he brings out of me is about me. See? Mm-hmm. So I think we need to be honest about the way the guy irritates us, just take some ownership of it. Uh, he's really a symbol. He's a metaphor for the the narcissist and everybody. The, you know, there's a lot of people in this world that think yeah, that you just have to lie and cheat, that everybody lies and cheats. Uh, they're, they're narcissists or sociopaths or psychopaths. Uh, they're, they're, they're people with... <laughs> A variety of worldviews, a lot of them, as we were discussing a minute ago, just copying or aping what other people are doing uh, uh, to, to be self-absorbed and narcissistic, to, to think uh, that you're just sort of above uh, the law and you don't ever have to apologize and it's certainly not in your, your interest to make a mistake. I, I love the way the Bushies say, mistakes have been made. Oh, yeah, well... They never say who made them. They never apologize. The best they can do is mistakes have been made. I'll take responsibility, but not to blame. (laughs) Yeah, so um, that's exactly... So um, what are you going to say about this period? It's just stunning. I think I feel psychically, spiritually, socially, politically numb. I am just blown away <clears throat> now uh, alan greenspan says well you know um <laughs> too bad we can't just all admit it's about the oil yeah alan how about six years ago in Benning it was about the oil and now he's sort of recanting a little well, tiny he's got bit, to. you know i think he likes living you know and breathing the air every day and he wouldn't want to have an unfortunate accident so um I, I don't know what do you say about Bush, and um, and yet, where do you want to go with this? I also believe that the pendulum has to swing, mm-hmm. that all things pass, and um, I'm I'm as concerned about uh, 
saw a little news feature on the ice mass on Greenland today and the extent to which global warming is is uh, heating up the world and that we may have it may be too late actually so and yet there may even be some opportunity in global warming to to learn if nothing else i mean we have to keep that positive attitude and surf this puppy you know mm-hmm. uh, um uh, there's certainly a lot to be said for standing up and, and fighting and not just um, holding your ground, so to speak, um, and, and even self-righteous indignation. But having said that and acknowledged the importance of all of these varieties of ways of being active socially and, and politically, whether it's direct action or boycotts or or, or you know, recycling or whatever. But I think an important part of that is just always looking for the opportunity. If you really believe that the Mandela turns, that everything is cyclic, that uh, everything has its season, its in-breath and its out-breath, then we can wait out these evil times. I don't mean passively wait them out, but find the patience to be even more active and more involved in seizing the opportunity and creating a better day here. So, yeah, it's crossword. It, it, it's a Freudian slip. Crossroads uh, time here. Definite crossroads on the edge of either something cataclysmic and horrific a thousand years of dark ages, you know, or the final, the, the bringing of the dream that was the dream of the 1960s. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, and for yeah. a while, a little of both. Yeah, a blend. So uh, I'm generally uh, optimistic as well, not foolishly so. I'm a skeptic also, but I love optimism, and I think it matters, you know. I think it matters. Again, there's that hypnotherapy stuff. Again, the mm-hmm. law of attraction is just positive thinking on steroids. And people that know what they want are more likely to get it. You know? And uh, But we also use meditation and many other things. People get smarter when they're relaxed. They get more sensitive, and then they're more likely to understand who they are. They lose their misery, and phew, all the social and political stuff then falls in line. I don't. I can't think of anything more subversive than to train individuals to be free. That, to me, is the ultimate political and social action: is to teach people to open their hearts and their minds in in practical ways, without dogma. Just here's the key, you know. Here's mm, how to that's do it. far farthest reaching. Um, well, as you know, you you uh, give somebody a fish and. They'll have a meal. If you teach somebody to fish, they'll spend all their time sitting in a boat drinking beer. <laughs> no. um, you're moving to paradise. You know the other one. Yeah, I am. No. You know the other one, the, the, the flip of that, which is that if the only tool you have is a hammer, every problem begins to look like a nail. <laughs> nail. <laughs> you say that with a nuclear weapon. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> Yes, we're moving to uh, Hawaii. <coughs> excuse me, Hawaii at the end of uh, November. My wife, Doreen Key, and myself and our two cats mm. are off to. Uh, it's hard to move cats to Hawaii, isn't it? It's, they have a, to chore. Be, it's um, a chore. Have to be quarantined for six weeks or something. 
Yeah, they have to be quarantined in Gitmo and subjected to uh, Donald Rumsfeld's interrogation. <laughs> no, they, uh, they there is a process of quarantine that's been sped up, but, yeah, if you want to take um, dogs or cats or other animals in, you have to uh, put them on the schedule of vaccinations, and you have to have them electronically chipped and... Um, a health certificate just before you leave, and a blood test, and yeah, it's a big deal. So, what spurred your decision? What what created your decision, or the opportunity to move the Hawaii, to Hawaii? I've always loved Hawaii. I've uh, backpacked all over the island. I've had friends, radio people, uh, friends, college buddies of mine, uh, who. Two, two in particular who moved to Maui in 1970. So I spent a lot of time backpacking there and, you know, flopping with them, basically, like cheap vacation, hop an airplane to Maui, stay with uh, either of my buddies, and it was cool. So I fell in love with the island very quickly. And uh, as people who love Hawaii know what I'm talking about. And one of the people I introduced to Maui, my very good friend and fellow hypnotherapist and personal development teacher, meditation teacher, Steve Snyder. Um, he and his wife were, um, well, they honeymooned in Hawaii and Kauai, and then they visited Maui. And uh, make a long story short, they moved there a couple of years ago. And he and I have an enterprise in mind and uh, that'll support us and... Uh, Plus, I'm just getting old enough I can go into a kind of quasi-retirement. I shudder to use the word retirement, but because uh, I'll always have something to say. <laughs> but uh, uh, just a, a slower pace, get off the freeways, get out of the smog, uh, continue to do what we've always done, speak and teach, and, and uh, help people with these meditation and visualization skills and uh, helping them to get a better sense of who they are and what they're for. And everything, boy, everything just falls in line after that. Because and you're giving a final class before you go. Yeah. Or is that a series a series of classes, right? It's well, a- it's one class. It's just six uh, sessions. And it uh, starts this Sunday. And Oh, it starts this, oh, this Sunday. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Yeah, the 23rd, right? It's noon to three at the Red Cross in Glendale for six successive Sundays, and uh, we're calling it Finding Yourself in Paradise. And uh, Paradise here is a play on words. There is a place of perfect peace that everyone can create in their mind's eye, which is a visualization exercise, an allegory for nirvana or bliss or samadhi kind of a state. A Western scientist would describe it as an alpha brainwave state, and the primary benefit is in these relaxed states between awake and asleep, you get access to the subconscious. And that's pretty far out, because in the subconscious is uh, a number of things. Uh, Creativity, the source of your great ideas. Uh, Conceptual understanding, the big picture, the gestalt, or the the whole enchilada. Uh, memory. Uh, subconscious mind is the imagination, so memory is a function of imagination. That's in the subconscious. Uh, of course, each of these arrive with a feeling, 
whether it's a conceptual understanding, a big aha, or a creative idea, oh, just a, or a memory that just, in the same way, bursts into your into your head, they all arrive with this eureka illumination, this aha experience, a sense of confirmation of that's it, <laughs> you know, it's a, already thought out, arriving full blown from deep inside again, the subconscious mind. Well, we all have those experiences spontaneously, but when people learn to meditate, relax, visualize, whatever you want to call this process, sports psychology, yoga, martial arts, uh, we can basically access on demand rather than wait for those ahas. We can access on demand creativity and insight and understanding, emotional sensitivity. And again, it's there, not in what we think of ourselves, Roy. It's in the sensitivity to feelings. It's intuition. It's what do you really care about, where we find our identity, our true individuality, the genuine part that doesn't have to fake and and lie and, and cheat and put up a front. Uh, and, and the good news is that... Uh, Everybody has beautiful gifts and talents. There are there are no defective people. There's no chance that you're going to find that the essence of who you are is bad or wrong. People who do horrible things, violent crime and such, are not people who are born violent people. They're not people who do that because that's who they are. People who do these things do them because they, they don't know who they are. And that's the misery of the world. <laughs> we don't know what makes us tick. We don't know why we think the way we think, why we feel the way we feel, much less why we do the things we do. And is it, <laughs> we talk about religion driving war. Well, how about the emotion behind the religion that drives the war? I mean, we want to stop war, but we have emotional tirades with the people that we love the most in our homes, between spouses, between children and their parents, and parents and the kids at all age levels. Um, how can we get along with each other? How can we empathize and manage relationships if we're not aware of who we are based on what we care about and have no idea how to manage that? So I call this finding yourself in paradise, in this brainwave state, an emotional identity uh, seminar, an adventure, really, an emotional identity. And the good news is the game's rigged. I, <laughs> I can guarantee that the more you know about yourself, the more you're going to like who you are and the more humble you will be. It's guaranteed. It's, it's the funniest deal. People with big egos are not people who love themselves or know themselves. They're people that are putting up a BS cover. That's what the ego is. It's a cover. Consider it this way. I love your feedback on this, Roy. We write the stories of our lives. When people sit down, as you and I have done here so far this evening, and swap tales, talk stories, they say in Hawaii, we're telling stories. We have versions. We have a certain way of saying uh, things that we like to say about ourselves, right? We say them mm -hmm. in certain ways. 
Well, that's all fine. That's cool. And there, I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with even becoming a character in the stories we tell ourselves and then repeat to other people. As long as we don't forget that we wrote the story in the first place. And that ultimately who we are is the playwright. And if we don't like the way the story of our life is going, then we can remember, hey, I wrote the script for this thing. Forgot that I was the playwright, have been playing this character role, mostly to please other people, to earn from them the love and trust and respect that I have no idea how to bestow upon myself. Okay, none of which ever works. And, uh, again, whether, you know, you're talking to a guy who starts out as a, a journalist, you know, a shortwave listener before that, uh, a journalist who became a philosopher in a search for truth at every one of these stages, always looking for the answers, always looking for the truth. And it really comes, in my, in my strong belief, it really ultimately comes down to the fear and ignorance. A vicious cycle. That's what evil is. A vicious cycle of fear and ignorance that is born of our failure to identify and realize our genuine, authentic nature. And it's such a beautiful thing waiting to be discovered in everybody to find out why we tick <laughs> the way we do, why we feel and think the way we do is so liberating. It's incredibly liberating. And this stuff's available. It's out there. We've, we, you and I have been reporting on it for 30, 40 years, the human potential movement. It's, it's out there. It's, you know, spawned countless magazines and seminars and movies and workshops. My God, the secret, you know, Mm. As easy as it is to criticize that thing, and I've done that. Nevertheless, the law is real enough, and I just think if we can, if we could, if we could take the principle of the law of attraction as revealed in the secret, and instead of focusing on cars and houses, we could focus on relationships and world peace and feeding hungry people and sheltering people, that maybe we could use the law of attraction in a, in a, in a smarter way. Okay, well, on one hand, you're talking about you are the actor in your play, and you lose the playwright. You forget the playwright, and you, you um, are you playing the role um, that you originally wrote. Yeah, so On the other hand, there's a view of, as John Lennon said, life is what happens to you when you're busy making other plans. Well, that's true, too. When Carolyn May says, if you want to hear God laugh, if you want to hear God laugh, tell him your plans. <laughs> John also so, said, uh, one of my favorite John Lennon lines, reality leaves a lot to the imagination. <laughs> <laughs> that's a goodie. So both things are true, of course. Oh, why did either or here? I'm sorry. Damn. One of the central You're no secrets fun of, at all. <laughs> one of the central, you want to, you want to add a hundred points to your IQ? One of the biggest Cheap. secrets in <laughs> philosophy, I swear, I swear, is to go looking for ors, pull them out, and put and in its place. Mm-hmm. And you will become wise. Now that's a relative and, it's always mm-hmm. a matter of degree. But the middle is where the magic is. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
you know, another way I discovered all of this stuff was just the madness I suffered as a talk show host dealing with black or white, either or, everything or nothing thinking and false dichotomies. And I didn't have the language, I didn't have the training, the education to account for this. It just frustrated me and irritated me (laughs) and took me years to figure out the words and phrases to use to not only object to it, but explain what's wrong with this kind of... uh, Here's another one, monarchistic thinking. How's that one? Okay, monarchism, yes. Everything or nothing. So all differences are opposites. That's another one. And Boy, they use it on us. You said it earlier, Bushes, you're with us or against Again, us. You're either a Bushite or an Al-Qaeda. Sure. This is KPFK Los Angeles. We are on the air live uh, on uh, this Monday night with Michael Benner and... Uh, if you are interested, by the way, in finding yourself in paradise, you can get information on on the um, seminar. It's a running. Um, we went on for 50 minutes now. I want to open up the telephone. <laughs> so if you want to talk to Michael Benner, and um, you can call us now. It, it is um, Monday night, Tuesday morning, uh, 10 minutes to 1 Pacific time on the uh, I don't know, September 14th, 15th, 16th, 17th, around there.
On the air with Michael Banner. Oh, that was uh, the Moody Blues. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the Moody Blues. The Moody Blues, Voices in the Sky, from their anthology double CD. That's Fantastic. Roy, this is one of the best shows you have ever, ever had. And I've been listening to Michael since KLOS all the way up to today. And I want to say that the change in Michael is totally extraordinarily beautiful. His aura is out of mind. He is so mellow and so beautiful and such a joy to listen to. I'm really, I'm really on the verge of tears. This is very fantastic. But Michael, I, I'm sort of, I agree with everything you say, but I, I have a theory that everything, including fear, is based on loss of something which stems from selfishness. What do you think? Uh, selfishness. You know, I don't mean to be flip, but... Uh, again, given my focus on the nature of the authentic self, selfishness always begs the question of which self. You know? The, the uh, non-giving, non-positive self, the self, the opposite of the evil part of us, the anti-life part of us. The, the shadow? Yes, the part that doesn't want to, they can't give. Yeah, that's the ego. and uh, well, the selfish ego. Yeah. The ego is, is benign, it's when it's selfish, the personal ego it's ugly. It's, it's what we've been conditioned. All of us, and we have to break through that, but people have to find being selfless is a joy in itself. It really is. The sun is selfless. And, uh, and, and that would be the higher self, uh, is the selfless the true self. self. Yeah, right. You are a sun. Your, your energy is so, so warm and so beautiful. And so giving. It's a miracle. Well, you're very kind. Thank you. Well, I've heard you when you were so. I, I remember those days, and I appreciate your patience with me. Oh, God, well, it's beautiful to see it happen. <laughs> I wish everybody would, would, would join you on that journey and come of age like you have. And I'm really happy for you to go to Maui. My, my life's dream is to live in Hawaii. It's so beautiful. You're going to be wonderful. Thank you. So, I mean, I just wanted to get your opinion about selfishness. I really think that that's the root of all evil. Yeah, it's an irony because, again, the the, the okay, self thank you. That, the self that feels fear is not the true self. Hello, you're on the air with Michael Benner. Hello, Roy. Hello. Okay, uh, I, I have I... a lot of static, so make it short. Uh, short question or comment, please. Oh, yes, I want to know what to do about preventing pain with whatever is going on out there. You know, like the war of Iraq is killing me, uh, the, the, the disorder, social disorder is killing me, and I want to have a recipe to put some distance. 
sense, and I cannot find the waiter. Okay. Wow. Well, that's at the heart of it, isn't it? The temptation when we feel pain, either directly, emotional pain or physical pain, or indirectly, watching other people suffer, we, of course, initially, our reflex, our reaction, is to push away from that, to ignore it, to deny it, to not want to feel it. <laughs> Obviously. And if you're talking about real danger, well, then I suppose it's appropriate to want to turn and run away. But the vast majority of our pain, 99% of our pain, is not from real danger. It's from the fear of things unknown. And we have to move into it. And so this is the challenge to the mystic, to wizard, witch, philosopher, Kabbalist, Rosicrucian, Sufi, Buddhist, Christian mystic, uh, whatever, is to move directly into the hurt, to die to the pain. And it's difficult to explain. There are many, many metaphors in philosophy. The spiritual warrior, for example, with the shield of love and the sword of truth, that that slays the dragon and moves directly into the lair, into the the heart of darkness, the deepest fears within us must be explored to plumb the depth and the breadth of what just scares the bejesus out of you is where you find the love, that's where you find the peace, and that's where you find the freedom. But of course, the process continues then. It's a, it's a spiral. It's not a one-time breakthrough. And that's our job, is to redeem that fear on a daily basis, sometimes hour by hour, to face our fear, to move into everything that hurts, and understand everything that hurts and upsets us, that is fear-based, needs our understanding. That's what love is. Love is understanding. That's redemption. That's that's the alchemy of of lead to gold right there. Hello, you're on the air with Michael Benner, KPFK Los Angeles. Good morning, Michael. I have to say, uh, it's entirely your fault. I am listening to Roy Tuckman because of you. Oh. I called your show when I was 11 years old. Wow. Um, 37 years old now. And you were, I mean, I noticed right away, I was rock and roller, you know, musician. And I heard the show, and I was just fascinated by it. You had Roy Tuckman on, which, of course, led me <laughs> to go to KPFK and explore Gary Knoll and David Emery. So I just have to thank you for that. And I, you know, I know you're moving to Hawaii, so I had to call in tonight and you know say thank you for all the good radio. And I wanted to comment on what you said about reacting or proacting to the hard times, the Bush administration, whatever it is. Because... We can get caught up in that. And I remember I used to always listen to Political Night on Roy's show. But then I started listening to uh, Gary Knoll, which talked about health. And I'm a runner. And I noticed every time I run, you know, it gets the endorphins going, uh, the pro-action can be 
so much greater. Um, so there, there is a choice. You know, a lot of times we don't know what our choice is. The environment can be very strong. I, you know, I, I like, I love your idea about the either or because obviously, you know, there is a choice, but we don't always know what the choice is. I mean, to use the Wizard of Oz analogy, Dorothy didn't know she could go home the whole time. She had to know that, and the environment could be strong. But just to, so that's just something to think. You know, I want to throw that out, but I just wanted to sum up and say thank you for the years. Have a great time in Hawaii, and you're uh, one, of, you. one of the biggest inspirations. I wrote a song called Wake, which I have to send you, because uh, you're certainly one of the biggest influences in my life. And thank you, too, Roy, for the good radio. Thank you. Very kind. Thank, thank you. you. Uh, your show is not necessarily going off the air, maybe, well, depending on possible... I don't know. I just don't know at this point. I assumed, of course, that it would. That was the intention. And I'm going to, uh, you know, uh, I'm so excited about this. If you don't mind my mentioning the idea of this podcast that Steve and I are going to do from Maui, we've been working on it for over a year. It's going to begin at this point in the end of November uh, at the same, roughly the same time. Well, within a week of me leaving here. And this podcast is called Finding Yourself in Paradise, and it's, again, about self-realization, personal and spiritual development, finding that higher self in paradise in this alpha brainwave state that that meditators use. But what we're going to be able to do as a result of webcasting this rather than broadcasting it is... A meditation exercise during the last 15 uh, minutes or so of the hour, last 10 or 15 minutes, we're going to do a meditative narrative, which we could never do on the radio. Can't you know? I think you've done it before in the oh, past, yeah. right, in the middle of the night. But this may be the only show in America or the world <laughs> that that broadcasts meditations. You're really not supposed to do that. In the, in the daytime, not that people in cars would fall into trances or anything, but it might slow their reaction. It gives time. program directors heart attacks. Yeah, and they, and they don't like people it panic. Are you off the air? Yeah. yeah. So uh, we're going to put this out uh, for ninety-nine cents and see how it goes. And uh, that's. I also have my private telephone coaching, and and we'll be doing some other work over there, but. Uh, that's essentially the idea. Now, the idea of, well, wait a minute, can we think about doing maybe uh, another show in KPFK? This has come up in response to a lot of listeners saying, don't go. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, or find a way to do this. So part of the problem is that this station is in a transition now in terms yeah. of its management. And so... Um, again, that's, that has its, its uh, pros and cons, its, its ups and downs. So we'll just take it day by day to stay in the moment like good Buddhists and see what unfolds before us. But we're always looking for opportunities to create the greater good. And I mean, it's sort of trite to talk about win-win solutions, but, yeah, that's what we'll I, – I, the answer is I don't know. <laughs> I just don't know yet. But uh, – if we did something, continued to do something next year um, on KPFK, it would be different than the podcast. 
maybe more current events oriented. I'm not sure. We'll see. KPFK, you're on the air with Michael Benner. About ten years ago, uh, I called, and Michael and I, ta- uh, Michael, I talked to Michael about the young French woman that died in the Second World War. It talked about the Iliad as a, a measure of what fear is, what war is, how it destroys lives and stops people's minds. I don't remember her name now. And my analysis at that point was that war is totally inhuman. It's not something we do. And, in fact, her analysis is wrong, that war is, in my head, is a creation of theater, of the movies, of, of the media, that by creating, in the Greek air, by creating the Peloponnesian Wars in poem, they created a violent world. They created a violent politic. Oh, you said I'm on. Yeah, you are. I am. Oh, yeah. okay. You know well, no, funny. without a response, I thought maybe you were. Well, well you didn't. Uh, I didn't yeah. hear a question. You're doing a great job. Oh, well, <laughs> I apologize for having not called back in the intervening ten years. Oh, the, you well. asked me to reopen the the question. It's all good. So. Uh, I'm not sure how to respond to that. Yeah. Well, we're... So the war started on stage? Yes, in a sense. I agree. It is an abomination. I don't think well, that... Uh, I think it's an invention, and that's why we have 90 channels of well, war. Well, what is, what is not an invention is, is not racism and sexism, looksism and ageism. They're all inventions. Reality is perception. Again, well, that's that's... See, I believe all those layers, and there's anthropological reasons, sociological reasons, political reasons, socioeconomic reasons, uh, you know, name your institution. Uh, what fascinates me, not that I think this is superior, maybe it is more, more basic, most basic, is that I see the, the crisis of, of, that humanity faces as being ultimately are primarily spiritual in nature, that to be to be ripped as a result of incarnation from the ground of the one thing, from the ground of oneness, of absolute, and slammed down into these separate bodies in a world of separated form, surely this is hell. And what could be more terrifying than to come into gradual awareness of yourself and find yourself in this, well, I like Sting's word, soul cage, in this prison. Rosicrucians in the Renaissance era talked a lot about prisons and prisoners as an allegory for what Sting called the soul cage. We are prisoners of form. We are locked into limited bodies. We're reaching out. We're trying to connect. We want love. And too often we settle for war. You know, we don't know who we are. We don't, we don't see ourselves in our brother. We don't love our neighbor as, as ourselves. We don't even love ourselves. We, until, until we get a, a sense of who we truly are behind our wacky thoughts and our mixed up feelings, the essence that comes forth subtly, in most people, if at all, in others, a, a, a sense time. of what we really care about, then how, we, we will always be miserable and act badly. My last act in Hollywood was to sell 34 gallons of fake blood. 
and that was it. I just said, I'm selling the wrong thing. <laughs> I had a great blood formula at the time. It's $100 a gallon. I was on the wrong side of the barricade. I guess so. Thanks. Nice hearing from me again. We're on live as of uh, shortly after 1 o'clock on uh, September 18th. 2007. Hello, you're on the air with Michael Banner. Yes, good morning, Michael. This is Chris Freeman calling. Uh, uh, I'm glad, uh, glad to hear, I'm very glad that you're moving to Hawaii. I just wanted to thank you for all the wonderful ideas and wisdom that you've uh, uh, blessed me with over the years. I, I, I truly appreciate it. I was sad to hear that you were moving, but glad to hear that you were so Happy and elated to to be moving over there. I know oh, I'll be yeah. happy over there, and uh, and uh, I'll listen on your podcast, and uh, hopefully uh, someday in the future again I'll be able to say hello to you. And uh, glad we were able to get together a few years ago and have a, a session, uh, and uh, I, I enjoyed that too. And, I remember those, and also appreciate your volunteering here in the phone room at KPFK during fun drives and. And, oh, it uh, feels so good because there's just so much you get out of this. You 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 really uh, get from the station all the great shows. Yeah. Your show, um, Roy of Hollywood. I love listening to Ian Masters too on Sunday, and and uh, and I just uh, more than I could ever repay. And just being there at the at the phone bank really, is, and talking with the people. You know, there's just so many incredible people who call. This is um, it's just a wonderful feel, feeling of paying back, you know, of uh, contributing and going down there in person and, you know, the fellowship with the other phone answers. And uh, so it's it's just a truly rewarding experience on, uh, on a level. It is, and I'm going to uh, certainly miss it. I uh, remember in moving here to Los Angeles from Detroit in the mid-'70s thinking that one of the best things about coming to Los Angeles is that there was a Pacifica radio station here in Chicago, where I grew up just outside Chicago, had none, and still doesn't. Uh, there's affiliates there, but no you know, real Pacifica station. Detroit had none. And so knowing of KPFA and in Berkeley and WBAI and New York and KPFK's reputation here in Los Angeles. I I didn't think as a commercial broadcaster I'd ever end up here, but my 14 years at at KPFK have meant more to me than whatever my my 20 years of commercial radio. It's been much more rewarding uh, here, much more fun. And uh, you don't have anybody kicking in your door and telling you what you have to say and what you have to do. Nobody here has ever pulled me aside and uh, tried to edit me or, or tell right. me what I could or couldn't say. And, and that was not the case in commercial radio. They they threaten you, they bully you, they intimidate you. Sponsors through their salesmen come in, even more than the managers. And yeah, yeah. that's another story. Anyway, thank you, Chris. Nice hearing from you. Well, it's great, and I hope hope to say hello again someday. I'm sure we will. Sure we will. Thank you, and and aloha. I haven't had a chance to say that tonight. Aloha. 
Michael is uh, presenting his seminar. It's starting this next Sunday. Again, this is practical tools and techniques. This isn't just theory. You know, you use a word like philosophy and you identify yourself as a philosopher, philosopher. Or, or a mystic and they think, oh yeah, well, this phony Rasputin is going to stand up and spout <laughs> theory all night. And no, we got real tools here, proven, proven skill sets that, um, you know, are available. I'm not the only one doing it. There's a lot of good people out there providing these same tools and in wonderful ways that complement each. I think we should all be workshop junkies. And again, if I could direct this to people who think of themselves as KPFK listeners, as being really politically active or socially active, consider how much more effective and truly subversive and radical you could be if you understood your feelings, if you knew why you cared, if you could understand why so many people around you think war is okay and you don't, you know. To be less curious about those people and why they have those crazy views and to be more curious about yourself and why you have those wonderful views or, you know, just how to grow and get... Uh, so so much of what's framed, Roy, I think, as, as partisan politics is just a matter of, of education. I think there are some traditionally conservative ideas certainly that have merit but there are many other ideas that are portrayed as left-wing right-wing liberal conservative issues where it's just a matter of of consciousness to believe in capital punishment for example is not conservative it's foolish naive and a matter of being poorly educated no it's it's uncivilized it's not a political position And there are many other things. To to suffer the poor as we do, to turn our faces. We're paying $10 billion. Most people don't even know how many zeros that is. A month for this holocaust in Iraq. Think of what we could do with $10 billion a month in terms of not just feeding people, but training them and educating them and freeing them up to educate themselves and to to give them job training opportunities to be more self-reliant. A beautiful blend, again, of socialism and the spirit of enterprise in being free and being trained to discover the inherent motivation of the heart, the inherent motivation of, I love what I do. I sure don't have to convince you of this, Roy. Look at you. Look at you here at KPFK. Roy, why are you at KPFK? Because he loves what he does. I love it. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) And we're blessed in that. You know, like how big a paycheck would it take? Well, I've done it, so. (laughs) How big a paycheck would it take to get us to do something we hated to do? You see, and how happy would we be, and what kind of person would we be if we did that? That's, that's to me, the, the news story. I ran out of news stories. That's the one. 
Hello, you're on the air with Michael Benner. Yeah, hi there. Yeah, uh, Michael, uh, uh, this is Bill. Uh, I've talked with you before. It's been a long time now. Hello, Bill. All right. Say, uh, I'm just listening to you just now. I've got so many questions that it's hard to narrow it down, but there is something I'd like to hear you comment on related to the clan of the cave bear. Are you familiar with it? Heard of it, but no, I, I, I don't know about it. Isn't that a series written by a woman? She wrote a series of... Yeah, yeah, the, uh, uh, I think it's called Earth's Children. Anyway, I, I've just finished the clan of the cave bear, and I, I did it because I went through the Valley of the Horses, which uh, has something to do with the... Uh, with the uh, meetup of the Neanderthal and the uh, the Homo sapien, and uh, the idea being, though, that the Neanderthals uh, have this collective memory that uh, relates to the dawn of time or whatever that somewhere in the back of their minds. At any rate, it comes down to the idea that maybe we have more than one brain, therefore more than one way of thinking. Therefore, those who are, and I've just heard this today, those who are thinking conservatively or calling it conservative as opposed to liberal, um, that uh, they just think differently. And that puts me in the uh, perspective of recognizing that uh, quite possibly these different trains of thought or what is keeping us from getting together on what to do about moving forward as a, as a whole with a collective memory that does help us to realize that we can work together. So, so what are your thoughts on that? Well, in order to work together, you have to have some agreement on what you're working toward. And I think the basic dichotomy of the American culture right now uh, is, on one hand, war, death, power, control, greed, imperialism, destruction. I mean, just look at the presidential candidates in the Republican Party, what they all stand for. More war, more torture, more Gitmo, more rendering, more destruction of your your. your it's it's a death culture. Yeah. It's a death culture. It's a fascist police state. Oh boy. The other side, again, beyond simple politics and Republican Democrat, are women and men who are life affirming, who say. I like people who disagree. There's nothing wrong with disagreement. We ought to be able to disagree. We we just want to do it in the context of harmony and mutual respect and to recognize the dignity of all people. If we if we could but do that. Yeah. You know, see every human being as worthy of of their dignity, mm-hmm. as deserving of a modicum of respect. That's all people want. If we could just respect each other, we keep calling this love and nobody gets it. So let's use some other words. Uh, respect. If we could just respect each other and educate those that don't get it. Like anytime we see 
a friend, uh, a family member, a neighbor, anybody disrespecting somebody, point it out to them as their weakness, yeah. as their character flaw, okay, and to fix themselves. Well, there's a couple of wonderful phrases along these lines. Uh, what the self describes describes the self. Have you ever heard that one? Yeah, I sure have, yeah. And the other one, along those lines, we see the world not as it is so much, but as we are. Exactly. So if we could cop to that and say, well, this is my personal view of the world, and if I fail to respect other people, then I'm part of the problem. I'm contributing to a, a, a world of war and, and, and poverty and gross injustice and we're either going to fail miserably, I think, listen to me with my either-ors, or succeed <laughs> in, in just a wonderful way. I just feel a boomerang effect. If we lose this puppy, you know, more dark ages. It happened before a thousand years of dark ages. It could happen again. Uh, echo disaster. But on the other hand, boy, Look what we've learned from W and surviving this era. I just can't imagine this lasting much longer. Thanks for your call. Michael Benner um, is going to be giving seminar again if you are interested in... And the point is, this is the last one. This is the last one. This is it. Benner's best of Benner's bits. So, uh, okay, and I guess this is our last show together on KPFK. Yeah, I'll come back. I have many friends and family in they Southern California. come visit California. the mainland? Oh, it's just an airplane flight away. And uh, in Honolulu, nobody's wearing shoes anyway, so you don't have to take them off at the airport. Already, oh, how handy. You're already barefoot. And they uh, they look carefully through your ukulele, but other than that. <laughs> okay. Well, um, um, we will be in touch yes. with digital this and digital, digital that. Digital that. The email is the same. You just email away. I expect my, my, I know my website addresses will stay the same. The email addresses will stay the same. If we're going to wrap it up, may I say, may I take just a moment to say that um, I consider it uh, an enormous privilege to have been allowed to work at this radio station and uh, I doubt that any of that would have happened frankly without your initial outreach to me Roy when I was at ABC and the uh, immediate uh, uh, rapport that I had with not only you but um, your uh, lovely partner Diane who I'm convinced is my cousin you know Oh yes, you're both uh, related to James Buchanan. No, we're both we're both Schmitz from Saginaw, Michigan. Both Schmitz from Saginaw, Michigan. So yes. you and Diane are related, probably. I suspect. Mm-hmm. I suspect. But she is my cosmic sister for sure, and I just love knowing the two of you guys. I consider you among my first tier friends, as well as coworkers and the revolution of spirit here. And um, I'm I'm just giddy thinking about how fortunate I've been to know you and Diane and to be here at KPFK for all of these years. And this is not an end, it's a beginning. I really, really believe that. It's like so exciting to me what's happening. 
and uh, we are going to use love and deep peace and consciousness and even some giddiness to smash uh, W and all that they stand for. we got to remember that all they have is violence. And violence destroys and it causes a pain and suffering, of course, and loss and grief and heartache. It is truly evil and dark. But it cannot stand against real power, the creative power of of love, of kindness and generosity, of caring about other people, wanting to lend a helping hand. Um, it's the same reason you reach down to pet a dog or scratch a cat behind the ears, you know, little things like that, or just stop to admire what a beautiful day it is. This is the truth of who we really are. Uh, and people like George Bush can, can scare us and uh, get us to tolerate all manner of of uh, inhumane and uncivilized injustices. But I think we're going to prevail. I really do. And uh, I think KPFK and the Pacific Commission is going to be a big part of that. It already has been. And more people doing podcasts and more people uh, recording Roy Tuckman and passing those CDs around and... Uh, the decentralization of technology, Google this and Google that, and all of the answers are out there. And we can communicate with each other and and, uh, and build a better world. I really believe it. I, I am a 60s hippie, and I'll always be, I guess, a hippie, and I really believe that stuff. But it's so far out to me to come within weeks now of being 60 years old and still believe in that peace and love mission and and, and, and believe in it even more strongly than ever so I just want to share that with you and my audience and, and uh, peaceful dreams to y'all and aloha thank you Michael Benner aloha